tēnā koutou. You're listening to a co-education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities. Kia ora, ko Rochelle tōku ingoa. My name's Rochelle and I'm part of the Learning Experience team at Core Education. I'm here today to talk to Joe Dean about what are over-excitabilities in children. Joe Dean is currently an early childhood lecturer and program leader at Terito Maioha, Early Childhood New Zealand. Joe has experience as an early childhood teacher and regularly supports teachers, young gifted children and their parents. Joe is co-editor of the book Giftedness in the Early Years. Her areas of research include transitions from ECE to primary, gifted and inclusive education, visual arts and creativity. She is currently undertaking her PhD through the University of Melbourne and her doctoral research explores how children make meaning through the process of creating, making and responding to art installations. Kia ora Joe. Kia ora, nice to be here today. Thanks Rochelle. Thanks for coming to Kōrero about this. What are overexcitabilities? So firstly, I'd just like to identify that we have two terms here, overexcitabilities, or you may also hear the term intensity. So I just want to share with you that both of these have the same meaning. Overexcitabilities was actually coined by Dabrowski and has done quite a bit of work around this particular area. And so we notice that gifted children often will show these overexcitabilities through really intense types of behaviour, which is often stimulated within the environment. How could Kayako notice, recognise and respond to these in order to nurture children's gifts? Yes, well firstly it does come down to knowing each child and their ways of being and for Kayako they will start to recognise perhaps different responses within the environment and how children interact within the environment and perhaps some of these behaviours might be seen quite differently from other tamariki. If a child was displaying these overexcitabilities, what would I see? So I'd just like to point out that there's quite a few different types of excitabilities. So we have um, what we call psychomotor intensity. We have the sensual intensity, intellectual, often through emotional intensity. So I can give you some examples around these. So for those children that have that intense urge to want to run, to jump, to skip, to hang upside down, they just want to continuously move, we would see that as a type of behaviour that we'd want to find out more, I guess, and see what's behind that. For some children, they have that intensity to want to talk or move while they're talking. So you might see children that are constantly spinning around, but also wanting to have a conversation with you. There might be those children that find it difficult to perhaps sit in a confined space or they have that urge to want to keep moving their hands around. So that would be another, I guess, way that we'd be looking to look further into that. 
we can look at young children as young as infants and we might consider some of their sleeping habits perhaps. So for some young children, they don't need a lot of sleep compared to other infants and so they might drop their sleeps, for example, at a really young age. And so they might have no day sleeps and very little night sleep. And again, as Kayako, we will be wanting to find out information from parents and dig into that a little bit deeper. Some other examples we can look at is essential intensity. And so for some children, they have a heightened awareness around sight, around sound, smell within the environment, taste, as well as touch. And so giving some further examples around that within the early childhood context might be the lighting, for example, within the environment. So some of the stronger lighting perhaps might be just an extra intensity that children find quite difficult in the environment. There might be textures, fabric textures, floor coverings perhaps that might also heighten that awareness and their intensity. Clothing's another one that I've come across quite a bit. So things like seams and tops and pants, tags is definitely a really common one. Any rough sort of areas on clothing can can really heighten children's awareness. Things like food, understanding, you know, what textures perhaps might, I guess, you know, affect children's eating habits can be also quite a common one with young children. I know you'd mentioned physical overexcitabilities and things like moving around and sensual, like the, the touching of the different fabrics and the lighting. I just wanted to make sure that I'd recapped the different areas of overexcitabilities in my head. So you've got the physical, you've got the sensual. Are there other overexcitabilities? Yes, so there is intellectual as well, and so this is where we notice children are super, super observant, and so they'll notice things perhaps that other children don't see or are not obvious to children. For example, photographs is always a good example where children will remember, they'll see things in a photo, and they'll remember exactly where perhaps they got the clothing from that they're wearing, They might be holding a particular toy and so they know where that toy was purchased or if they were gifted it from another person. They know the exact detail in that photo and, you know, they don't need any prompting around that. So that's one example. They often will have an intense interest in a particular area. And when I say intense, they will know every single thing about that area. For example, I I had a... um, young child when I was teaching that had an intense interest in plants and so she knew the exact names of these plants, she knew how to care for them, you know what sort of conditions they like to grow in, she knew all the background around plants, more than I did actually, (laughs) so she was actually able to teach me. And often alongside that when they had these interests they also have that curiosity to want to learn more. They have not just the one or two questions, but ongoing questions to satisfy that curiosity. So the questions just keep coming and coming and coming until they are completely satisfied that they have all the answers. Great. So that's, you mentioned 
intellectual, sensual, physical, are there others fall under the overexcitabilities as well? Yes, so another one we would look at is around imagination. And again, this is um, related to aspects around high imagination. So they would, often children would have perhaps imaginary friends or pets in some instances. They engage in lots of fantasy play and just have some pretty amazing ideas around that. I guess some of the other impacts around that is that they can be affected within their sleeping patterns because they can suffer from night terrors or nightmares as we sometimes call it and they can remember those those dreams very clearly and sometimes that will actually come out in their role play as such. The other one that we particularly notice is around emotional intensity and we know for some of our children they feel emotions at a much deeper level than other tamariki. They are aware of other people's feelings at a much younger age and really feel those emotions. Sometimes, you know, they will want to be able to fix some of those things too for other people. So when talking with parents, I know that they have to be very careful around some of the bigger issues, I guess, across, you know, when we hear about world events or natural disasters, these young children will want to be able you know, they want to help and try and do something about that. So sometimes parents and kaiako have to protect, I guess, what our tamariki are hearing and some of those bigger, bigger issues. You've mentioned multiple examples for the overexcitabilities for physical, sensual, intellectual, imagination or imaginative and emotional. And I wondered if it was possible to give us an example for each of them, how a kayako could support, how they supported them with this? That's a good question. And I guess the importance of working with whānau and sharing information, because sometimes things will happen in the home context that kayako need to be aware of as the, you know, working with tamariki in, in the early learning um, environment. So particularly around the physical, just being aware, you know, that sometimes children might need spaces to be able to move, particularly in that environment. But also flipping that round, sometimes tamariki also need those quiet, calm spaces where they can have time to themselves, perhaps. When it comes to the central intensity, that's, again, sharing information from home, understanding what those heightened intensities might be particularly around you know the environment we know that the environments are quite overstimulating in some situations where there are a lot of tamariki so understanding what some of those um, triggers might be so that they can be supported within that learning environment I guess always when it comes to clothing it's always important to ensure if they do have those sensitivities that they bring in their own clothes you know and if they need a change of clothes that they are available and so bringing in a bag full of you know change of clothes as we know children like to get messy and um, do get dirty during the day so just having those comforts of their own personal clothing is really important. When it comes to the, the intellectual I think you know it's really important that we continue to support those interests if tamariki have got those intense interests so being able to support them in in ways 
that really nurture that interest for them. So whether that's bringing in other people resources so that it can really build on that interest, it might be going out and doing excursions into the community. Yeah, it's sourcing other other resources that will keep that interest going. Imagination, again, you know, just really supporting imagination and creativity is always a big thing in early childhood and just providing those opportunities for them to extend on that, having the resources in the environment. And again, you know, just allowing the child agency to build on that. And the emotional side of things, as we know, again, it's looking at ways that we can support children, recognising the emotions for what they are and understanding where the child's coming from. And again, it is working alongside closely with the parents to ensure that information doesn't become a burden for that child. You've been listening to a Core Education Podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities. Tēnā rā koutou.